hey you guys my name is Betty and I would like to welcome you to my channel in today's video I want to talk about discernment now I was supposed to record this video weeks ago every time I sat down to record I felt like I was presented with another choice I'd like to call it and I wanted to see it all the way through so that I could be as thorough as possible as it relates to making this video. Now, most times, y'all, when we pray for anything that involves the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and then when we pray for wisdom and discernment, the very first thing you must know is that the way that God deals with us is through experience. And so often we think that when we pray for discernment or when we pray for um, what choice to make or what to love more, to like God is going to put you in situations that's going to cause that to grow in you. Godly characteristics do not just come about by, you know, you can't just attach it to you. You know, that it has to come from the depth of an experience. Anytime I've ever prayed for discernment or prayed that God would increase my discernment, right after that, I would be presented with a difficulty, a problem, and or a choice. And I've honestly seen this play out most of my life. It was my sister who who brought it to my attention. She said, God always puts you in situations so that you have to make a choice. And sometimes either of the, the choices are, aren't bad, but it's me leaning in and pressing into wisdom so that I could make the decision is most suitable for what I believe God is doing in my life. So let's pray before we jump in. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you so much for this day, for your word, oh God. I pray that you be glorified. Lord, whatever it is that someone needs to hear, Lord God, I pray that you will meet them right here, oh God. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord. Amen. Amen, you guys. So again, whenever you pray for discernment, you have to know that God is going to present you with a problem or something that's going to require a solution. And sometimes God may be quiet because he's going to want you to trust his word, to trust if he's impressed something on your heart. He's going to want you to trust the judgment that you have by way of the Holy Spirit. And we see this principle laid out in first uh, kings chapter three and i'm going to do a little bit of reading but i think it's necessary the bible says that in verse five in gibeon the lord appeared to solomon in a dream by night and god said ask what shall i give thee so here it is god appearing to solomon and he's saying look what is it that i can do for you now could you imagine god appearing to you asking you that question I know when I was a young girl, after I read this verse, I used to always think that I'd pray for wisdom too. Um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I just thought that that was such a wise response because so often, especially in our culture, we see people going after money. They're going after success. They, they're going after uh, viral videos, viral posts. 
they're curating their content to go viral like they're willing to do anything to be an influencer to all the things and here it is a young king who said this when God asked him that in verse 6 he said and Solomon said thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy according as he had walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee and thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day so solomon is giving god a little bit of context it's not that god doesn't know but he's basically um in this prayer or in this petition reminding god god you've been good to my father david my father david walk with you in uprightness and you looked over him you watched over his life even though he sinned, Lord, you still called him a man after your own heart. Solomon is feeling grateful for his father's life. So that is where he started. Then the verse goes on to say in verse 7, And now, O Lord, my God, he's making it personal. He said, Thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. So now he's, he's, he's pleading with God and he's explaining his situation. He's like, look, God, you've made me king, right? Not my, my father, David. And, and this is the King James Version I'm reading. But essentially what he's saying is that Dave, his father is gone now. So now he is in charge of ruling and watching over the people. And he said, I am but a little child. Now, I'm not sure how old Solomon was. But what I really believe he's getting at in this verse, in this text, is his his humility. He's he's understanding that he needs God. He needs God's help and he needs to depend on him. And I think that's a good principle for us as it relates to praying for discernment and wisdom. So often, especially when you've been in church all of your life or when you know Bible verses verbatim, Sometimes you get to a place where you feel like you're all grown up in God and, you know, you know the ins and outs of this life. And, yeah, you need God, but you don't really need God like someone who just came to Christ. And I think this is a great example to remind us that we all need Christ at the same capacity we needed him when we first came to him and sometimes even more all the time even the more we we're, we always need him to increase in our life so that we may decrease right and so i'm thankful for this example because even though he had what the world deemed success he had prestige he had the throne he had the followers he had the influence but he still understood that i am but a child at heart and we think about in the gospels when jesus was talking to the disciples he said except you come to me as a child right? It is that childlike faith. It is that childlike dependency that we need so that we can um, have the mind of Christ. And I don't want to get too far off subject. So let's read on a little bit more. And then he says, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude." give here it is now he finally asked after all of that right reminded god of what he did and then he humbled himself 
and, and recognize that God is God and he is Solomon and he needs God. Then he goes on to say, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Let's stop there. That's verse 9. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. So the first prerequisite I think we need as it relates to discernment is asking God to give us an understanding heart. Sometimes we think we know what's best and we don't. And with a heart that is understanding, I believe that heart is soft and pliable enough that God may direct it and or lead it in whatever way he chooses to, not in the way that we're inclined to want to go. And I think about this in my life, and I'm sure you can resonate with it in your own life. So often we, our desires and what we desire before God clean our heart up and make us new and change us are not really good desires. Like we really care more about this world than we do the kingdom of God. And so I think that the first prayer that we can pray as it relates to praying and asking God for discernment is that he give us an understanding heart. Understanding will help you trust God even when you don't understand what he's doing. An understanding heart will lead you to depend on God even when you feel as though, you know, you don't really need him as much in certain seasons. So we need that understanding heart. And then the next clause is that he said, giving an understanding heart to judge that people. And then he recognized, Lord, I'm king over them, but they're your people. They're not my people. And that's a good place to stop for influencers. And in my own personal life, in one season of my life, I had a large platform. And if I were to coddle those people as if they were mine and not God's people, then Lord knows what would have happened when I lost that platform, right? When I lost that form of what looked like influence to other people. Everything that we have is is God's from our from our body to our health to our life to our children to our family like our jobs, our money, all of that belongs to God. And we would do well to acknowledge him in that, right? So then it goes on to say that I may discern between good and bad and i always stop here because i feel like if solomon would have said so that i can discern between good and good then i would have understood i would have felt him but to discern between good and bad most times we think we know what a good and a bad thing is i think about the example of a bad fruit if i go in my kitchen right now i have bananas in there and i can look at the bananas and can tell which ones are bad and i can tell which ones are still good to eat or still good for me to eat <laughs> and i don't feel like i need to pray about that i don't feel like i need an understanding heart to understand that right but solomon in his humility is understanding that sometimes Something that is bad can appear good. And if we can't judge between the two, if we can't find that silver lining, if we don't know, then chances are we'll end up choosing something that's bad for us 
are staying in something that's bad for us or going in a direction that God is not leading us to go in that could be bad for us instead of trusting the good that may be in the circumstances that don't even feel good at the time. And I see this in relationships and I see this in job situations. Sometimes, you know, you get really discontent. Sometimes God can be dealing with you with the discontentment because he's about to lead you, leave, lead you to a different place. But sometimes the discontentment is just merely because you are looking at other people's lives and you just want more. And that may not be God's will for you. But in that, you another opportunity may present itself and it may look like a really good opportunity. But without discernment, you it could be bad and you can end up going in a direction that God never intended for you to go. So let's get back to the text. Then it says that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this. Thou so great a people. Solomon said, who is able to judge? He asking a question that he already know the answer to. He already know that he's not able to. So he needs the discernment of the God who can and is able to judge this so great a people. So I'd like to pause there really quick, I guess, and ask you guys, have you prayed? Have you took some time to pray and ask God to give you an understanding heart? Have you prayed in humility, acknowledging all the things God has done for you in the past, but then also recognizing that you need him in this season of your life as well? And it matters not your um, what you have here on this earth, your prestige or lack thereof. What matters most is how much of God are you filling yourself up with? Because I believe discernment becomes a lot easier when you are walking in the spirit. The Bible says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And sometimes we are going after things that are after our flesh and we're saying it's God, but it's really not. But you have to immerse yourself in the word of God, in prayer, in godly community, in Bible study and all of those things. And that is how you gain the mind of Christ. And Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. We need that. And in order to gain that, we have to be transformed. And as I said in the beginning, transformation happens internally. You can conform. Conformity happens outward. I could pull my hair back and dress a certain way and all of those things and conform to a culture or a cult. But to be transformed, that has to happen in my heart, in my soul. And that is a work that God has to do in and through us. Let's see what happens when Solomon prayed that prayer, right? The Bible says in verse 10, And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked that thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life. He didn't ask to live for 50, 60 years, 70, 80, 90 years. I probably would ask that. <laughs> he said, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself. You didn't even ask to become a millionaire or billionaire or for influence for yourself or followers to grow your platform. You didn't ask for riches for your life. Nor hast thou asked the life of thy enemies. Solomon didn't even ask that God would deal with those who were his enemies. Now, how many of y'all know that if God would have came to you, 
you would have had a long list of people that you like God to to avenge for you on your behalf because they hurt you. Solomon didn't consider any of those things. The Bible says, for thyself understanding to discern judgment. God desires for us to discern judgment. And in order for you to discern judgment, again, you have to read your word and pray. But more than that, you have to know what God's will is for the things that are black and white. If you are in a relationship and you're not married and you are having sex, you know that's not God's will. You don't have to pray and ask, Lord, is this your will for me to get out of this relationship? You know it is. That's not a prayer you need to pray. Lord, is it your will for me to go out and play the lottery or to leave my husband because he's getting on my nerves? You don't got to pray that. You know God, that's not God's will for you. But if there is some form of adultery going on over a long period of time or if there's abuse happening, then we know that those are things that God has provided an outlet for us. So sometimes in those situations, it's not discernment that you need. It's more so a plan. So the better question would be, Lord, what is the plan for me to get out of this situation? Right? And then it, let's go on and read one more verse. He says, hold, I have done according to thy words, meaning I've given you the discernment and the judgment that you've asked for to judge my people. But then he said, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. God added in wisdom. Solomon asked for an understanding heart, but God said, I'm giving you a wise and understanding heart. Right? It's a difference. Wisdom doesn't always equate understanding and understanding doesn't always equate wisdom. But the two of them together will grant a discerning heart. I believe that. And then it goes on to say, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Verse 13. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. Right after Solomon awoke, the very next verse says, Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O oh my Lord, I am this woman. I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from me while thy handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the woman, other woman said, nay, but the living is my son. And the dead is thy son. And this said, and this said, no, but the dead is thy son. And the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Now they are arguing. And I know I'm reading this a little fast. Because I'm trying to stay within my time limit. But verse 33 said. Then said the king. The one said. This is my son that liveth. And thy son is dead. Okay let's skip down. 
So this is what Solomon said, right? He said, and the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. That sounds like crazy wisdom, crazy advice, right? But there was a method to what he was doing. There was a method to the madness. Then spake the, the woman. I don't want to say there was a method to them. There was a method to what he was doing. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, O Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all of Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. The last principle I would like to leave with you guys is this. When you pray and ask God for discernment, you have to know that God is going to present you with a situation that you're going to have to discern through. And that situation may be difficult. But if you notice, Solomon let the women go back and forth for some time. He didn't hastily make a decision. There was a lot of back and forth going on. And Solomon, for whatever reason, let them go back and forth. But then he said, give me the child so we can just cut it in half. That seems very gruesome. And I have experienced losing a child. So I know what it's like to wake up and a child is cold. Okay, I my child didn't die from suffocation or anything like that. It was merely SIDS. But you know your child, even though they look different in that process, you know your child. And the fact that this woman said, I'm willing to give up my child that it may live. I will do that. Just don't slay it. And in that moment, Solomon knew this is this child's real parent. But this parent is willing to give up not even being with the child to make sure that it lives. And isn't that the story of the gospel? That is what essentially God did for us by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on our behalf. God gave up his son so that we can uh, live a life, receive salvation, live a life that is upright by way of the Holy Spirit, but also so that we can have wisdom, discernment, and make good judgment. So I pray that this has been encouraging to you guys and that you know that it is God's will for you to have discernment. But in that, God desires above all that he be Lord over your life and that he be Lord over your decision making and that in your humility that you surrender and submit all that you are to him okay so you guys go read first kings chapter three and you may want to read it in another version you know i'm a king james virgin girl so those these and thou sometimes get a little tight on my tongue but i'm gonna stick beside king james but um until next week i pray that you guys have a great week and y'all be encouraged